If you have a Bible with you, you might like to turn, just um, turn to it and have it handy because we're going to read it in a moment or two, not quite yet, but uh, to 1 John 1 and verse 9. If you haven't got a Bible, that's okay, then just sit back and listen. But it's the first letter of John, not the Gospel of John, but the first letter of John. So you turn towards the book of Revelation. So it's 1 John 1 verse 9. And just keep that handy just for a moment or two. We're going to read that in a moment or two. I found over the years, as I meet and speak to people, that the things that are said to us, said to us, about us, over us, uh, uh, behind us, uh, uh, stick. That words, pronouncements, things said about you, over you, to you, behind you, behind your back, or whatever it might be, uh, and some significant things of a person or someone that's in your life that says things to you and about you, they, they have the power of sticking to us and sticking on us. And, and um, you know, over the years, I've, I've met people who carry a lot of stuff, and um, whether you call it baggage or whatever you want to call it, but, and it's things that have been said about us, things that maybe aren't necessarily helpful, things that maybe aren't particularly nice or good for you or good about you even. And you may have had a significant person that you've known or been close to and, and said some stuff that's pretty pretty nasty or horrible and it's, it's as if things you can't get something out of your head or it's as if you carry something uh, uh, on your shoulder you, you've heard it said so and so and so so they've got a chip on their shoulder it's because it's, it's not they haven't actually got maybe a, an actual chip on the shoulder but they're carrying something and we can carry things it's as if something's stuck to us stuck uh, over us and to our lives and we can carry heavy loads you, you've heard it said somebody will say they've got the weight of the world they, you, you, oh, it looks as if you're carrying the weight of the world on you today. And you think, really? And it comes across in our demeanor, our, our, our face, our look, our outlook, even our outlook on life. And it's stuff that sometimes we carry with us. And we may not even be aware because we've carried this load for quite a long time. Maybe we've walked this road with this load and with this over our lives and on our lives for quite a long time. Um, you, you, you can be stuck, as it were. Stuff can stick to us and stick on us, and things that have been said can sort of cling to us and stay in our memories and stay even in our hearts and emotions. It's as if the stuff sticks to us, things that have been said over us. Not only can things stick to us, but that we can find ourselves stuck, as it were. You go only so far as a Christian, and you just don't feel God anymore, or you just, you know that God is love and loves you, but you can't quite move to that next place and actually feel that. It's as if we get stuck, we're stuck in mud or whatever it might be. So stuff can stick to us, words can be said over us, things can, we can carry in our lives, and also we find ourselves sometimes, uh, as it were, stuck. You, you even find that you are moving on, you are a Christian, you even go to a church perhaps, or come to this church, but you find yourself moving, but not quite freely. Ever had that experience when you're driving, you've gone to get some petrol and uh, you drive out of the garage, but you think to yourself, that's funny, I'm not quite, the car's not quite moving as freely as it should. And then you look at the dashboard and you've still got your red warning light on because you've got your handbrake on. And I've done that a few times. And uh, it's a bit like that in life. You, you're moving, but you don't feel there's a difference. As soon as you take the handbrake off, you, you have momentum, you feel freer. And it's as it's, it's just as close as that. It's as if the, 
You've got the handbrake on in life, as it were. You, or that yet you want to just go on in God. You want to get on with your life. You want to get on in your marriage. You, you want to go forward at work or whatever it might be. But you just feel a bit stuck. You don't even realize that you're stuck. But you don't feel that you're moving the, perhaps the way uh, that we want to and the way that we should. At our house the other day, we, we were, uh, it was raining outside. And um, I don't know, it was... A, Early, early evening, early afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, and uh, Helen comes home in our uh, in our, our car, and uh, we're all inside, and then we hear this almighty bang. It's as if I thought like a wall was coming down in our house, and we all looked around, and I looked um, out of the front door, and our Ford Focus was in ploughed into the garage. And it was the front of our car was rammed into the front of our garage. And uh, what had happened is, Helen had, talking about putting handbrakes on, she, she hadn't put the handbrake on fully. And it had gone into our garage. Now, we sort of all, you know, we're all in consternation over that. And it's the second time she's done it as well. <laughs> I think it might be the third time. Because it might have been in another car prior to that. But I know it's at least twice. But we feel as if the handbrake's on. Talking about you need to put the handbrake on sometimes. You need to let go of the handbrake as well. Um, Some years ago, now I know by experience that things can stick. Because this isn't just a theory. I'll let you into a little story. Many years ago, some years ago, when I was a lot younger than I am now... I was probably about 16, 17 years of age. So it's a few years ago now. But at that time, someone said something to me that could have stood to fashion the rest of my life. And it was a person that meant well, but said something that wasn't very good over my life and to me. This was something that stuck for quite a long time. And the word summed up was something like this. You will never amount you'll never come to anything you're no good it was it wasn't you know it wasn't it wasn't good thing to say and uh, the person that said it i i became uh, i grew up uh, i went on from that as a young man becoming quite angry and pretty bitter and it formulated my life and my reaction to that was just you wait and see. I'll rub your nose in it. I'm going to make a go of my life. And I, I went on to study and uh, I didn't do well at school, but I did well in my job. I started to become an electronics engineer. I really started to do well in life. And my whole ambition, I was driven, absolutely driven to rub this person's nose in it. it was, I began to be filled, I wouldn't say with hatred, but I was getting... And then a couple of years, two or three years later, about three or four years later, I became a Christian and something dramatic happened in my life. I discovered that something had stuck to me and I would become a pretty wound up, bitter person, although I didn't realize this. Driven with ambition, which isn't wrong to have an ambition, but it was for the wrong reason. It was to make sure that the person that said this, I was going to absolutely rub their nose in it and show them how untrue that was going to be. And um, I did something dramatic. In, on becoming a Christian, I decided that because God had forgiven me and Jesus Christ had forgiven me for the way I lived my life and had turned my back on him. When I became a Christian, I then forgave the person. I didn't see them. I didn't go up to them, but I forgave the person who said what they said over me and to me. 
And it is as if, when I did that, over the next months and year or so, as if the weight of the world seemed to just sort of lift off my shoulders. I didn't realize that something had stuck to me. And when I forgave, it lifted off my life. I found the way to get unstuck in life and to deal with some of that stuff that comes upon me or if I find that I can't seem to take the, I need to take the handbrake off and, and move freely. I need to do something and it's called forgive. And it's a couple of verses I want to look at just briefly right now. And we're going to just take up this theme of forgiveness. And so what I want to talk about is how to get unstuck in life. How to get unstuck. And it's going to be very simple, very quick, but it's going to be something that's practical more than teaching, I think. Um, so let's look at a couple of verses together. And um, there's two things that we need to do. Number one, uh, we need to receive or we need to get God's forgiveness. And then number two, we need to give forgiveness away. Number one, we need to get God's forgiveness. By get, I don't mean grasp and get, but we need to receive. We need to receive the forgiveness of God in our lives. We're going to look at that. And then when we've done that and when that's happening in our lives, we then need to go and give forgiveness away. And uh, we'll look at what happens then when we do that in a moment or two. So, number one, if you turn with me to 1 John 1, 9, and this is why I said just turn to that verse. Um, very powerful, something amazing. If forgiveness does something amazing in our lives. 1 John 1, verse 9, reads like this. If we confess our sins, he, that is God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, um, we will be pronounced not guilty if we confess our sins. You know, the whole of mankind, the whole of the human race, all of you and I, we are God's, we are God's creation. But right at the very beginning of time, in the beginning of life, we read in the book of Genesis that mankind, Adam and Eve and mankind, chose to disobey God and go separate way and live ourselves, for ourselves, and turn away from God. And that is sin. To sin literally means to reject God's commands and plan and God in our lives and to live with us in charge. You may think, I'm not a sinful person. People think today sinful person is a bad person. But a sinful person is someone that has rejected God. And when we reject God, we live as if we are in charge. Human beings, I'm in charge. I'm the captain of my soul. But the creator is the one who is the captain of all creation of the universe. And God wants us to come back into that relationship with him. And so when Adam and Eve turned and rejected God, something entered into the heart of the whole human race for time immemorial. And this was a rejection and a breaking of the relationship that there was with the original, with the creator which we originally had. And um, we come guilty of this breaking and rejection and living for ourselves. And um, in coming back to God and saying, forgive me God for rejecting, for living for me and not living for you, 
I come back and ask your incredible forgiveness. Now, God did something amazing with um, our rejection of God and turning our back on God. There is a price that has to be paid. We're missing the mark, as it were. And he gives his only one and only son, the one who was perfect and spotless, who did no wrong. He takes the place and takes all the guilt. And this is what the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ does. It takes the guilt away from the world for all of those that will come and confess. In other words, come to God and say, I have lived for me. I've rejected you, God, but I now ask your forgiveness And pray that you will forgive me through the power of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it says there, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so the guilty, the guilty, what sticks to the human race is guilt. You are guilty of sin. You are guilty of rejecting God. And if we come to God and ask his forgiveness, that guilt, is taken off of our lives because Jesus took that upon himself on the cross. But he goes on to say that he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Another translation says, wash us or cleanse us. And so anything that sticks to us, that eternal cosmic sense of guilt that is upon us is taken off of us. But then other stuff that's come upon your life and my life Things that have been said and done. An amazing thing happened when I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me. And I said, God, I want to live for you through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God forgave me of that guilt of rejection. But also he did something amazing. He washed my heart and my life whereby I was reminded of something that was said over me that had a big stuck to my life. And it came off. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the first thing, then, that you and I need to find is find our way back to God. Is find our way back to Him and confess our lives and sin before Him and cast ourselves on His forgiveness so that we might be cleansed. And anything that's stuck upon our life will come off. The first thing that we need to do, you and I, we need to come to God. You know, reading your Bible is good, but it's not good enough. Coming to church is good, but it's not good enough on its own. Praying and saying prayers is good, but it's not good enough on their own. Leading a good life, I commend you, it's fantastic. But confessing our sin, that we have lived for ourselves, we have not lived for God, that I Ask God to forgive me through the death and resurrection of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You pay my guilt. And that's what we need to do tonight. You may have come to our church a long time. You may have come as a young person. You may have come as an older person. But it's that confessing and coming before God that really matters tonight. And so we need to, first of all, receive Get that forgiveness of God within our lives. And then the second thing that we need to do, and so he will wash us, he'll wash you. And so anything that's stuck to your life, no matter what's been said over you, no matter what memory you've got, no matter if you've been told that you're a waster, you're no good, no matter what accusation is upon you, he says, I will cleanse you and wash you of that. Even if it's hard-baked, even if it's hard-baked on, 
It will come off. Sometimes if you've got something that's really stuck, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, you know, something really stuck on your life, you know, soak it in hot water and whatever for a while. It, it seems to just come off. And there's something about the forgiveness of God seems to free and release our lives. That's the first thing we need to do. The second thing that we need to do is give then forgiveness away. When we receive forgiveness, it's then to go and forgive it away and to give it to those around us. Turn with me briefly to Matthew chapter 18. How to get unstuck. So receive forgiveness. Then secondly, moving on quickly. Matthew 18 is, is for some, in some circles, in some in, in Christian walk might be a passage you've read a few times, but uh, it's, about, it's the parable of the unmerciful servant, and it's a, it's a story about being forgiven and then the need to go and give that forgiveness away. And if you don't give that forgiveness away, that sense of unforgiveness seems to lock you into something. Look at this. This is a very powerful story, and it's a story about forgiveness and the need to give it away. Because if you don't give it away, it can have a detrimental effect upon your life and my life. In Matthew 18, we read this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times... Verse 21, sorry, of Matthew 18. Um, Verse 21, we read. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents um, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife should be, and his children, and all that he had should be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you back everything. The servant's master then took pity on him cancelled the debt and let him go. This was a a debt that would have took a lifetime to pay. 10,000 talents was a lot, okay? He could never have paid it. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. This was like a few pounds. Could have paid this in a month or two, all right? He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servants in and he said, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And this is then the punchline of the story. Look at this. Then Jesus said this. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. We need to receive forgiveness be washed by the, from the stuff that sticks to our lives, but then also, just like that servant that had been forgiven by the king, 10, 000, a huge debt, when, the, when the, a fellow servant came to him and said, forgive me, of, let me go of this debt, he said, no, I won't. He got hold of him and throttled him. Then his master came, the king came, and put that unforgiving servant 
into prison. Unforgiveness, I find this, that unforgiveness is a prison cell of grievances. Unforgiveness can act. This says that the, the, the king put the, the unforgiving servant into a prison. And when we have a sense of unforgiveness, we have grievances against someone, it's like a prison cell. We get locked in anger, we get locked in upset, we get locked in bitterness, we can get locked in a lack of sense of trust. It's just like a prison cell of grievances. And this is what Jesus was saying. If you don't unlock, if you don't give, if you don't release then you will not be unlocked and you will not be released either. But the degree we read in the Bible that you unlock, you unlock and you forgive and you release, because you've been unlocked, forgiven and released by the cleansing and washing and forgiveness, now you need to do the same with those around you. And if you don't, then you too will be like that servant, unforgiving servant, who will be locked with your grievances, locked in anger, locked in um, upset, bitterness and mistrust and I meet so many people that you touch a raw you say oh I've stood on something there or oh I've hit on a raw nerve and it's often because there's something that's stuck to us or something that we are locked into or something we've got the handbrake on how do you know there's a difference between forgive and forget with this we'll be coming to a close in a moment there's a difference between forgiveness and forgetfulness how do you know the difference well We forget, we put something aside. People say, I've forgiven them. I've let it go. It's what's been said, or that thing that my boss has done to me, or that thing that that person's done. You know if you're forgetting, because what you do is you you put something aside. You might say a prayer, but you just stick it out the way. And uh, out of sight, out of mind. But only to pick it up again when you're feeling down or low or upset about something, you find it comes back up. That's possibility. That could be a sign that it's forgetful. Um, unforgiveness, how do you know? Uh, forgiveness, rather, is a letting go and then a letting God. There's a difference between forget and to forgive. To forgive is to let a person go, is to let the anger go, is to let the thing that they've said go, is to let the grievance against someone that they owe, that they've said, is to let go, and then to do something quite spectacularly amazing, is to let God come in and heal your heart, deal with the circumstance, take the grievance. That's forgiveness, is to let go, it's quite simply put, and let God forgetfulness is to bury it, hide it, put it out the way, only to pick it up again at a time when we feel down. How do you know? That's the difference between the two. How do you know if you're experiencing unforgiveness? There's a possible sign. It's not the only one, but this is a bit of a classic sign. Two things. Nursing and rehearsing our grievance. When we nurse, when something's hurt us, we feel it. It's holds us and we hold it. And there are times when we hold it to our hearts. It's holding us, but we're holding it. It holds us, that word, that upset, but we hold it. It's to to nurse. To rehearse is when we begin to go through what we would do when we see them. And you can actually almost say, I would have said, and I'm going to say to you, and I will do. And you are rehearsing what you're going to do or say to them. There's a possible sign 
that we are holding something, carrying or something stuck to us. Nurse and then rehearse the grievance, the upset, the unforgiveness, the mistrust. And we go through all the scenarios of what we would say and how we would deal with. And we even go through what someone has said to us. And it's, it's a bit like a, a hamster on a, a treadmill. It goes around and around and around. Forgiveness, we go through the process of nursing and rehearsing. That's unforgiveness. Forgiveness does something. It disperses. We nurse, rehearse, then we come to disperse. And to disperse is to let go and let God. We nurse. This is the cycle of un- and we're hurt. And we all go through this as human beings because this is called normal life. This is being a, a normal human being. Is that we will nurse something, we rehearse it, but forgiveness says, I disperse or let it go. I let it go. Not only do I let it go, but then I let God. I let God come in, pick up my heart, take hold of my life. With forgiveness, as we conclude comes freedom. Something amazing happens. I nurse, I rehearse, I disperse, I let go and I let God. And then an amazing thing happens. A prison door seems to open. It's the key that unlocks anger, that unlocks mistrust, that brings a sense of freedom. That same sense of God's forgiveness coming on me, 1 John 1, 9, that washes and cleanses me from all unrighteousness. As I then give that away to somebody, seems to release me all the more. Freedom comes and brings then, the handbrake comes off and you'll be able to move freer. You'll notice the difference. Give it a go. Give it a try. You will be able to move all the more freer. A man called John L. Mason uh, wrote a book uh, several years ago. He says, let go of whatever makes you stop. Let go of whatever makes you stop. It's a brilliant little book. And this is what he says about the power of forgiveness. And with this I conclude and we're going to take communion together. Because com- and we're, we're, we're going to come around the table to take communion as we close this evening in a moment or two. And communion is receiving God's forgiveness. His body, Jesus' body broken for us. His blood poured out to take away our guilt. This is God's forgiveness. We're going to receive that tonight. And then we're going to release that and give it away to those around us. But before we do that, I want to read you these words. It says, The heaviest load that you can possibly carry on your back is a pack of grudges. A backpack of grudges and grievances. So if you want to travel far and fast, then travel light. Unpack all your envies, jealousies, unforgivenesses, revenges, and fears. Forgive. Forgive. Let's pray together, shall we? Andrew's going to come and going to lead us as we come and take communion together. Father, we just open our hearts as we take, we're about to take communion. But first of all, we just want to say to you, I just want to break the power of words, Lord, that have been said over people's lives tonight. Things that have been said by people close to us. Things that have happened and come over us. Circumstances that have upset us circumstance and situation, perhaps at work, perhaps at marriage, perhaps from a loved one, someone very close to us seems to have done the most damage to us. And right now we are carrying, we're nursing and rehearsing all sorts of grievances, upsets, pain, 
thoughts. And we just come before you, O God. And we just receive tonight, we confess to you our need of your incredible forgiveness. We open up our hearts and we just want to say, I'm going to let go and let God have your way. I'm going to let that person go. I'm going to let what they've said to me go. I'm going to let what I've said over myself go. That circumstance that's really wound me up and upset me right now, I'm going to let it go. It's not easy, God, but I'm going to let it go. And I ask you to just come into my heart and life to bring freedom and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen.